You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the 415ers. We have only one subject every time, all the time. Your San Francisco 49ers. I don't know the facts. News, analysis, and a whole lot more. From lifelong San Francisco residents, what a bonanza. Your hosts, Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. Yes, yes, yes. Fallen Fivers podcast, Joe Shasky, Bonte Hill. We talk all things 49ers all year round. And let me tell you, there is a lot going on. At 49-49 Centennial Way for the San Francisco 49ers down in Santa Clara. OTA started. We get to hear from the new quarterback of the future, Trey Lance. And there is a big, big, big thing between Grant Cohn, someone who covers the 49ers for Sports Illustrated, and defensive lineman, former first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw. You got to hear all of it. But wherever you are looking for podcasts, go. Search out the 415ers. Hit subscribe. Like, rate, and review. View. You can find us all the other places that you find it. You can check out our uh, Instagram and Twitter at Fall One Fivers. Um, you can find all the best 49er content all year round. Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky. We're going to get right into it. You have got to hear the sound from Trey Lance. You got to hear the sound from Grant Cohn and Javon Kinlaw. They got into it. Someone who covers the 49ers, Grant Cohn, who's been very critical of Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, the young player, had just basically had enough. We're going to talk all of that. And we're also going to interview a guy from the 49er practice squad who was sleeping in his car, Alex Barrett. You have to hear this story about a 49er practice player. He's getting paid via cryptocurrency, but that's not necessarily the most fascinating thing about his life. You got to hear it. That's on the back end of this episode. Again, search and subscribe, Full and Fivers podcast, rate, review, hit that subscribe button wherever you find podcasts. Let's get right into it. I'm not breaking down OTAs, all right? I already told you guys, Trey Lance will be the starter, and Trey Lance is going to ball out. Hell, Trey Lance should have started last year. We did the video right out of training camp. Trey Lance should have started at quarterback. Should have been there. But yeah. you know what? Everybody said he's not ready. Hell, there's still people saying he's not ready. Well, he was asked a question about whether or not oh. he listened to all this stuff. Here's what Trey Lance had to say about other people's opinions. I was just talking to Peter about this, actually, in the most respectful way possible. Like, I really – it doesn't change – how I feel about you guys as people, but I, I really don't like necessarily. It's not my job to care what you guys say or anyone else on social media. I mean, for me, it's I care about what the guys in the locker room think and what my coaching staff thinks. At the end of that, that's my job. You guys, unfortunately, aren't the ones that are making decisions for me um, or really have any effect on me in the most, again, respectful way possible. But uh, uh, I know everyone's got you know strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go out and, and try to prove people wrong, prove myself right, uh, but I, I'm doing it for the guys in the locker room. Respect respectfully, I don't care about your opinions. Well, so there's there's a couple of things here. Number one, 
when Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, I had long conversations with Ryan Covey at night. He was a huge Baker Mayfield guy at the time. And I said to him, I said, quarterback is the one position, unlike any other in sports, where you have to be ridiculously mature and presidential and right. regal at a ridiculously young age, right? You are the keys of the franchise. You are the head, the mouthpiece, the face, whatever you want to call it at 21, 22, 23 years old. And so you have to be emotionally equipped unlike any other position. Right. And you need to be mature beyond your years. So when I hear him talk at the podium, Trey Lance like that, I say to myself, look, I don't know whether he can read a defense. Right. I don't know if he can learn the nuances of playing the quarterback position. In terms of the emotional stability you have to have to be in that position, I feel pretty good. But yeah, I feel pretty good. That response made me feel really, really, really good. I, I don't worry about Trey Lance. This is who he's been since he was at North Dakota State. Yeah. This is who he's been. And this is why at some point this offseason – Jimmy Garoppolo will be gone. He will be gone. And this is now Trey Lance's team. Mm. The keys are in his hands. And I can't wait. Now, here's what Shanahan said about Jimmy Garoppolo, because that is still lingering. <laughs> I'm still doing hits of people like, so uh, is Jimmy going to be on the TV trading camp? And I'm just saying, God, I hope not. Well, here's what Kyle <laughs> Shanahan is saying about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, nothing's changed since his surgery. You know, we were where we were at before that. And then he got the surgery, so everything went on hold. I expect him at some time most likely to be traded, but uh, who knows? That's not a guarantee, and it's been exactly on hold when that happened, and when he's healthy, we'll see what happens. And you know what? You, you brought up Trey Lance and how he conducts himself at a podium. He already sounds better than Jimmy ever did. Jimmy, ah, you know, like, and I'm not yeah. – I, I don't go diving no, deep I, into I, postgame, yeah. but the way Trey Lance conducts himself gets thorough thoughtful answers. It does answers. seem genuine. You know what I'm saying? It's genuine. It's and not guy, robotic Q, QB talk, which is uh, what yeah. I got from Jimmy G. Yeah, all the time. All the time. We got to do better. We got to do better. Yeah, you know, uh, Kyle put it in the system, and it's just like, oh, boy. Okay. Trey Lance is ready to go. I can't wait for the Trey Lance movement. And as soon as they move off from Jimmy Garoppolo, whether he gets cut or traded – I'm fine with it. Trey Lance is ready. He's ready to take on this franchise. He's been prepped for this. His parents did a great job of raising him. You saw what he did at North Dakota State, which is a powerhouse. I don't yeah. care what division it is. Yeah. It is a powerhouse. They are expected to win champions, champions, championships, excuse me, titles. Um, and that's what he did up there. So Trey Lance is going to be fine. Well, and then did you appreciate Kyle Shanahan finally kind of admitting? I've never heard them come out like, no. yeah, we're going to trade Jimmy. He's already done that, though. I he know. did that at the but owners' meetings. I like that there was some clarity there. Like, yeah, we'd, we'd like to trade him. I how mean, much, anything can happen, but that's what we're trying to do. How much clarity do we need from Kyle Shanahan? Well, He's already I'm, given us clarity. I'm just sick of hearing from people that aren't in the organization telling me, you know, what the Niners internally think of Trey and why Jimmy's still being on the roster, what that means for Trey. Like, all of this stuff. I mean, just it's it's nauseating. Kyle Shanahan at the owners meeting told everybody, sat down with everybody, said, look, we're looking to move Jimmy Garoppolo. He had the surgery. He basically echoed the same thing yeah. that he said yesterday. But we weren't ready to listen to that. I don't know why. Any any worries that Debo Samuel wasn't at practice yesterday? No, nah, it's OTAs. Yeah. Nick Bosa wasn't there either. Nor was Trent Williams. Or, or Kyle Juszczyk. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I'll see you when the pads come on. I do think these are valuable reps for Trey Lance for Trey. in terms of gaining the respect of some of his teammates and his coaching staff and him having a firm grasp of what right. he wants to do. George Kittle was at the podium yesterday, and he was just talking about – how much more confident the guy looked and he was expressing all of his opinions on how the way the game is now when the play breaks down 
you know, his ability to be able to process information, break out of the pocket, and then still deliver the ball downfield. It's just a game changer for this offense. He could still do all the basic element stuff, the three-step drop slants and the right. smoke screens and, you know, five- and seven-step drops and throw the outs and the, the deep ends. But to be able to do the secondary stuff when a play breaks down and it's not there, that's what the NFL's evolving into. Do you I, – I am with you, though, with Debo Samuel. It would have been nice for him to get this rapport with – Trey Lance, he yeah. hasn't done that all season long. That's but with George all. Kittle, you mentioned before the show how yeah. George Kittle basically said he hasn't spoken to Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. Surprising. I thought there were boys. Well, the media makes it out like, for example, I'm just using this as, a, as an example. Oh, Kittle wants Jimmy. You know, De- Debo doesn't want to be here because he doesn't think Trey's good enough. And we, we rip all of these, you know, unknown things out of these these ridiculous statements that people will make. And to hear George Kittle basically come out and say, I haven't heard from Jimmy Garoppolo in a text or a phone call since the end of the season. I don't know how close they are, but I know that with my friends, we still like shoot texts and stuff all the time. So the fact that he hasn't heard from them, to me, can we kind of like debunk this George and Jimmy are best friends? Well, he's been hanging out with Trey Lance. He was courtside with Trey Lance at a playoff game at Chase Center. Uh, we saw him at game, was it game five with Trey Lance? Yeah. Regan and Fog or yeah, yeah, yeah. the Foghorn at Oracle Oracle Park. So Jimmy's gone. It's just a matter of time. This is it's Trey time. And all you people that say Trey ain't ready, well, get your popcorn ready. Because we got notes. We have cue cards, folks. We have cue cards and we have names. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By the way, the biggest thing in Santa Clara yesterday, I think, um, <laughs> boy, this is going to be it's going to be something to talk about. Javon Kinlaw and Grant Cohn. Javon Kinlaw. So Grant Cohn um, covers the 49ers yeah, for Sports yeah, let's, Illustrated. Let's for up. those who don't know, yeah, Javon Kinlaw, there. defensive so Grant, tackle. So you guys are sending me all these videos of post game show. Everybody's sending me videos. Multiple friends sending me these videos, and so. Grant Cohn, Sports Illustrated, covers his 49ers. He breaks them down, does it every single day, has a big-time following on Twitter, uh, has a big-time following on YouTube, mm-hmm. does his thing. That's his lane. He does it. He does it well. Uh, he drives in that lane really, really well. So he's been critical of Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw's been hurt. Not like these athletes want to be hurt. Injuries happen, and it sucks because the player he's replacing was a fan favorite in DeForest Buckner. So there's already a lot of built-in pressure on Javon Kinlaw. And the numbers don't back it up so far, right? But Ken Law's show flashes. I, I don't think he's Solomon Thomas. I'm not trying to rip on Solomon Thomas. I've already seen more promise in Javon Kinlaw than I ever did in J- Solomon Thomas. So Grant Cohn goes on to OTAs, and he's been very critical of Javon Kinlaw. And apparently on the practice field, Grant Cohn sees Ken Law, and Ken Law walks us over, puts his chest on the side, and was like, what's up, man? What's up? 
Um, and this is my interpretation of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you're you're breaking the down the videos. You yeah. know, and Grant Cohn talked about it right after practice. Oh, Javon Kinlaw did this. And, well, he did know, it on the field, too. He did it on the he field. He videoed it on the videoed field. videoed on the field and said, hey, man, this guy's not on the field. What's going on? So Grant Cohn was doing, I guess, a Periscope Live, was it? Some, and Javon yeah, Kinlaw sort of dialed video. in. Mm-hmm. And Javon Kinlaw just basically said, keep my name out of your mouth. And I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And he did a little more. Now, just here's my – I'll, I'll let you break it down in a second. Mm-hmm. Just my overall thoughts on everything. Number one, I wish Javon Kinlaw never signed into the damn video. Just as an athlete. And I told mm-hmm. players at City College of San Francisco, I did a Zoom with the football yeah. team, and I said, look, man, if I were you, if I was an athlete, I would not have a Twitter page. <laughs> yeah. I just wouldn't do it. It's not a win-win situation for you. Yeah. You know, multiple people are going to come at you. They're going to try to break your game down. They're going to try to be critical of you. They're going to call you a bust and all that. Just don't do it. Stay mm-hmm. off of there. So I think that was the number one mistake by Javon Kinlaw was signing in into Grant Cohn's Periscope. But at the same time, We've talked about this a lot. One of these days, one of these media members are going to get clocked in the head because when you talk like that, and I'm not saying Grant Cohn is a troll or whatnot, but when you talk, when you push that line and you push that button, some of these guys come from a place that, you know what, they don't know any better. And it's just a matter of time. We've already seen it with fans talking this mess, and mm-hmm. we saw Nurkic up there in Portland go to go baseline and took a dude's phone. It's like, you talking about my dad, grandma? Screw you. Mm-hmm. It's coming to that point. Mm-hmm. But I just wish – I'll start with Kinlaw. I just wish he didn't sign into the Periscope because now he's getting roasted by everybody. There are three principles that I live my life by, all right? And I'm not perfect, B. I'm not at all. Two wrongs don't make a right. Right. To get respect, you must give respect, mm-hmm. okay? And be careful what you ask for. Right. All right? Those are things that I've learned through my life of making lots and lots and lots of mistakes. In life, I believe that you got to give people a certain amount of respect. Now, it it can be all fun and games. We're teasing people and stuff. But you can't cross the line. You can't disrespect people. I am new to the whole media thing. I didn't go to journalism school. I didn't even graduate high school, B. Like, this is just a full admission. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was a bad kid. I bounced around. So now I'm here doing this media thing, and I'm learning from you what the right way to conduct yourself is because I look at you, and even though you're my homie and I love you like a brother, I also look up to you because you've learned how to navigate this Mm -hmm. thing through trial and error on what's the right way to conduct yourself and what's the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Now, just from me from afar, from what I've learned from you, I feel like what has happened in general in media, and it's not just Grant, it's just all across the board. We disrespect these people, and it crosses the line of professional to personal. And that's what I feel like. And at some level, whether it's Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, Grant Cohn, Joe Shasky, when you are cyberbullying someone over and over and over and over again, and then they eventually confront you face-to-face in the real world, not on the internet, right. in the real world, oh, boy, you got to be careful. Because if I did that to somebody at the plumbing job on a site, they'd check you physically. Right. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not. I'm not saying that's right. But right. in the real world, when you consistently cyberbully someone and go what I believe to be crossing the line – Dude, people react differently. And like you said, you don't know where – like 24-year-old guy, Javon Kinlaw, and if you look at his story and his life and where he come from, right. and if you listen to him on that video, he clearly felt ridiculously disrespected. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's crossed the line of professional, and now we're, we're personally attacking him. Now, Kinlaw was wrong. 
I'm not defending Kinlaw. They're both wrong. It's a bad look for both of them. There, there's like very minimal defense that I can have for right. Javon Kinlaw. But I have empathy for the young man because I do think that his family saw all these videos and saw all these things, and he felt personally attacked. And then he went up man-to-man to the guy, whether you think he did it wrong or not, and he should get in trouble. He will yeah. get some sort of punishment. Well, I, I think, I guess, what happened on the field was he knocked Grant Cohn's hat off. That's wrong. The, yeah, you It's know, wrong. You don't do it. You don't you need know, to touch him. I, yeah, it's wrong. That's wrong. But on some level, like, I'm sorry. Society's lost its mind. You can say whatever you want. In, on social media, yep. and there's no consequences. Right. Oh, I'm just doing my job. No, right. you're not. Because there's like 17 other people on this Niner beat who yeah. don't go as far as you do to go mm-hmm. out of your way to critique the guy. Your point to me last year, we were watching D Ford, B, right. and I've been really critical of D Ford. I don't think right. I've ever like personally attacked him. Right, but you were critical of him. Of him being hurt. Yep. And you pointed out, and you're like, man, look at this. You come here every day, and you're watching this guy work along the side over there in the pads, and we walked up to him, and you're like, yo, what's up, D? Like... Well, are you going to be good for this year? I got to get right, right. And I could we, see right there from a personal element, this guy's been struggling to try to get on the field. And Joe Shasky over here is stalking. He's made $15 million. He's done this. He's a bu- He can't get out on the field. And now I met the person, and I was like, damn, I feel really bad for D Ford. He's tried to get on the field, and his body's letting him down. Body won't let him. Now, it, it stinks, and you could critique that it's right. been wasted money and all this stuff. But I'm not going to personally attack the dude. Right. You know, and to me, I felt like Grant crossed the line. And then Javon crossed the line as well. Right. They're both wrong. Yeah. And I think at the core of all of what I'm getting, and I'm sorry I'm going long with no, no, here. No, no, it's all good. It's a lack of respect, and it's a lack of a person in the media mm-hmm. treating that man like a man with respect. Yep. And I think both guys have lost respect for each other. They're both wrong. And it's just unfortunate because I feel I legitimately feel bad for so, Javon Kinlaw this morning. So it's funny with D Ford. We're at the that was our first ever practice at training camp. And we're walking around and we're chop we go up to DJ Jones. DJ Jones says, What's up? Dick Bosa. We were just doing our own thing. And then D Ford's there. We're like, D Ford, man, you coming on the roast? What's up, man? It's like, let me get right right first, man. Let me get right right. And we watched him all practices, hit the sled, working on his moves by himself. And you just felt like, damn, it's not like these athletes don't want to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your body just doesn't doesn't react the way it's supposed to. Yeah. So Javon Kinlaw, let's get to Kinlaw. Let's get back to him because I do believe two two wrongs. Look, Grant Cohen's got a job to do. This is what he does. He's going to get a million clicks off of it. He's the star of the show. Twitter's going to – a lot of people are going to back Grant Cohen for this. They but are, Bonte, and they if I have. did that, I think you'd be ashamed of me. I would. As I would. a friend. I would. I think you'd be, and I think my parents would be really ashamed of me. I think Absolutely. I'd be kind of ashamed with my mom, like my right. mom and my wife and all the people that I look up to in my life. I think they would be ashamed of how I was acting. Casey and Sacramento called me uh, yesterday, last night. Did you see this stuff? Yeah. And so I'll share a quick story about Kinlaw. I met him in the J.P. Morgan Club about a month ago. He was at a Warriors game with his boy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that, that looks like Kinlaw. So he walks by. I'm like, hey, Javon Kinlaw? Yeah, man, what's up, sir? How you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Shakes my hand right away. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed with the young man. He was like, look, man, I'm out here in the Bay. I didn't go back home. I feel healthy, man. I ain't never felt healthy since I got in the league. And he was, like, fired up. He yeah. was like, man, I can't wait to play. It's his livelihood. It's his livelihood. He's it's like, how he's going to get out of poverty. He lost weight. <laughs> he was just like, dude, I, I can't wait to get on the field. He was like, he was like, man, I, I just I feel good. My knee hasn't felt better. I just I can't wait to prove yeah. doubters wrong. And he was like in a good space. And yeah. I was like, and he's like, man, let me follow you on Instagram. What you doing? I let him know what I do. I was like, man, we yeah. gotta get you on the road. I was like, man, you hit me up, man. When the time is right, let's do it. Let's do it. And I was like, 
All right, I can get down with that because we sometimes we act like as fans, and we're all guilty of this. Guy gets hurt, we rip him over and over and over. But that's a person, too. These guys want to play. Exactly. This is what they do. But I'm not saying you can't be critical. You could be critical of the play. Right. I just think that there's certain ways that you go about You can't mock who these people now, are. Now, you can't, like, screw up the guy's now, integrity. I'll, like, I'll, I'll treat him this. like a human being. Eric Garbrandt has been very critical of Greg Cold. I saw a guy, Beast Mode, who has never walked into the locker room ever again after Arsene called him out. Arce was like, yo. I, a guy who was covering the team. Covering the team. Yeah. I never saw the guy go back in that locker room ever again. Yeah. He, I don't know if he got spooked. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, as far as Greg Cole and Javon Kinlaw, like, I don't know everything that Greg Cole has said about Javon Kinlaw. I don't know. Has he been critical? Has he taken personal shots? I have no idea. I, we're cool with Greg Cole. We used to have him on the podcast yeah. all the time. He's been good to me as a person. We, I I don't agree with a lot of the things that he puts out there right. and the way he does it. But as a person, right. one-on-one, he's been good to me. No, it, Greg, I got And no that's what I judge him. people on. I have no problem with Greg Cole. But in a way, when, you, when that happens on the field and you do a video and you kind of mock the situation, like, ha, he called me a sucker. <laughs> well, it felt like and he I'm went straight to Karen. social media to get the clicks. And then when he signs in on the Periscope and – Killaw basically said, look, you want the smoke? I'm going to give you the smoke. Do not. Do not. And when I saw you on the field, you shriveled up. And so now you can't play the victim card. You just can't do that. So I, I'm i disappointed in both because I That's like Greg. That's the way I feel. I like Greg Cole, man. We're cool with them. But I'm also disappointed in Killaw because it's like you can't go, you can't win this battle. This is a no-win no, situation no. for you. Well, and now you're probably going to have to pay a fine with the 49ers. John Lynch and Shannon yeah. Hitter are probably going to yeah. talk to you. Now, do I agree that some people are saying, oh, you should cut Killaw tomorrow? You're out of your damn mind no. if you think Killaw should get cut. This is a lesson for him. You don't cut Killaw because he got into oh, I think it it's with a, a media member. I think it's a lesson for all of us. For everybody, though. I, I think I think what has happened throughout the pandemic is that there's been a separation of treating people across the street from you with dignity. I think that's right. the number one thing. We are so clicking on our keyboards, and we don't treat anybody with respect right. and dignity. And then when you finally see someone face-to-face, people don't even know how to act anymore. Right. You know, there's a lack of respect in general, I just think. And look, look, B, have I have I ripped Draymond? I'm using Draymond as an example. Mm-hmm. Have I ripped Draymond Green's play on the court and and some of the things that he's done on the court? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's all fair game in, inside the square right. of, of it. But there's a way that we talk about these things. There's a way that you talk about it where you got to understand, hey, at one day, me, Joe Shasky, might be at Oracle, you and I, or at Chase Center, excuse me, doing a live hit. Draymond might walk into that room, and I'm going to have to see that guy face-to-face. Do I know, or do I want him coming at me physically because I've crossed the line and said something that I'm going to actually really regret in real life? That's how I'm weighing these things back and forth. And I feel like a lot of people that are now trying to get into content and covering is I don't think that we take it the step further and think about the consequences. Well, it's funny because we've been both critical of Draymond Green. Of course. Over the last few years. And after game six against Memphis, I'm walking out to the parking lot with Darrell Wright. And Draymond Green pulls up. And he dashed me up. These players listen. And I'm like, Draymond, man, you got to let it fly, man. Let it fly. I know, Bonte, I know. Like, he's calling me on a first-day basis. So I say all that to say I first learned this when I covered the Giants. I'm in a clubhouse, and Javi Lopez, I was interviewing him, Javi mm-hmm. Lopez, a former reliever of the Giants now, does some calls certain games yeah, for yeah. NBC Sports Bay Area for the Giants. And I'm interviewing him, and after the interview, I cut the – I cut the, I had a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. I cut it off, and he goes, hey, man, good job yesterday on the show. You sounded really good. I was like – Oh, man, I, 
I got to watch what I say, right? That's what I, because I'm still kind of a fan. I'm learning the game. Yeah. He goes, no, here's the deal. We all listen. But if you critique us, it's all fair game if you do it professionally. You have to be a professional about it. If you do it, it's all good. If you want to say my sinker sucks, that's fine. Do it in a professional way. It's all good. But don't think for a second that these players do not listen. Well, <laughs> these players listen. So let me they ask watch. you about the professional element of it. Because to me, this is where this is where I, I, I fall down on it. I feel like we have now created content at the expense of laughing at people over right. and over and over and over again to humiliate them as a person for clicks. Yeah. And that's the part that I think is completely unprofessional. Yeah. Do you like where do you yeah, draw I, the line on I, that? I, I, clicks don't do anything for me. But if you're in a business to where you get paid off of clicks, then you got to do what you got to do, right? And sometimes you got to go over and beyond. Well, then you better I be prepared for the consequences I, when I, someone confronts yeah, you. Yeah, I personally wouldn't do that. That's not my lane. Uh, that's not how I want to go about my business when I cover sports. I'm good off all of that. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't need that. Well, and I don't want to search for clicks and just do hot takes, hot takes. No, no, no. Like Skip Bayless, how can he walk down the street well, saying can't. the things that he says about well, LeBron James? That's the thing I got to give Stephen A credit. Is Stephen A says, I'll walk into any locker room and tell that guy to their face. Yep. So like, if, unless you're prepared to be able to say whatever you're saying to someone's face, right. I think that's the element. You were talking about Friday earlier about the fight at the end or you get punched in yep. the face. I think one of the elements, and I don't not condoning violence. I'm not. This right. is not what I'm saying. Well, but there's so many settings in life where you would never do what you do on the internet right. for fear of getting punched in the face. Right. No doubt. And, and there's a couple things I want to get to before we break. One, think about Steiny. How, how Steiny is critical of Steph Curry. Yes. But when they sat down, it was all good. Why? Because Steiny does it in a professional way. Yes. He keeps it to basketball. Good way, that's a good way he, of putting he it. He keeps it to basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Steiny keeps it to basketball. Steph Curry's yeah. laughing with him and all the stuff. That's all good. Grant Cohn, this is where. One time I was like, whoa, this is cringeworthy. He was mocking Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey struggles. I don't. I think he's an average right tackle. I was disappointed in Mike McGlinchey. His performance mm-hmm. on the field, mm-hmm. hell, Niners didn't miss a beat when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. They advanced to the NFC Championship, and they did it without their first-round pick right tackle. But when you start mocking him and the way he talks and the way he speaks and the way he looks, that to me is crossing the line. And that – that's where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. How could you even go in that locker room? Like, like these dudes are big, and they watch all this stuff, and they're like, yo, dude, chill. But I think that goes back to the respect thing. To me, when you don't – and I think if you listen to the whole video, Kinlaw makes and, – and this is where I'm like I, – I am saying the word cyberbullying because that's the, what this is. By the way, not to cut you off, but Eric Armstead just tweeted – our roaster uh, Don Chepel just tweeted this to us. I want to just read this yeah. before you – Eric Armstead just tweeted – and he's got a video of Grant Cohn, and he says, this is the type of low life we let into our building. He would rather antagonize and that- provoke players into hitting him so he can retire instead of doing his job of journalism. This is just going to get uglier and uglier. It, it and is uglier. uglier. And and there, everyone's wrong in this one, but there's a there's a line in there where I, I, I don't want to gloss over this. Javon Kinlaw says, you're talking about me like I'm an animal. And I'm paraphrasing here. All right, I'm paraphrasing here. And that hit me really hard. I mean, that hit me really hard. Everything that, you know, you hear from these guys, and believe me, we talk about them like they're stocks and they're depreciating product and assets and like like they're a piece of property. And I do struggle with that. And I can imagine if you're Javon Kinlaw, and you're, you're, you're finally getting into the league and you're trying to get yourself right and someone's talking down about you and your entire family's good. Now, look, I know he's a professional, but on a human level, as we talk about mental illness and we talk about cyberbullying nonstop, think of what this dude's going through. And he yep. tried to, you know, talk to the guy face to face, whether it was right or wrong. Right. I think he was wrong in how he right. did it. Like, I, 
I feel major right. empathy for Javon Kinlaw. He's wrong, right? But that doesn't mean that the situation and, was right on the opposite. And end. He comes from a place that a lot of us don't know about. He's battled being homeless. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's coming from poverty. It's just a bad. I, I know what, dude. I I grew up, man, and I'm so damn proud of my mom. She's been clean and sober for 22 years. But people, if you, if I would tell people my story, like, man, my mom was on drugs when I was growing up. My dad wasn't around. Javon Kinlaw times that by 10. I know. You know what I'm saying? And you got and some guy on the text line bashing you nonstop. What I do is we block him. Yeah. This guy's got to go see that well, guy. Same thing with 95 7 the game. My family was saying, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Monte, they're saying this about you. I said, leave the comments alone. Yeah. Do not read the comments. People are going to say bad things about me. It's all good. I can handle that. I can handle that. But like when the smoke comes to you face to face, this is how things get settled on the street. Well, you start talking about a dude behind his back, and they come up to you and walk up on you. You can't claim, hey, hey, this guy threatened me. You can't do that. You can't do that. No, and, and look, that doesn't condone the actions of domineering over someone or, or physically imposing right. over you someone. You can't knock a dude's hat off. You, you no, can't you can't that. do any of those things. They're both wrong. But yeah. again, I go back to the basic element of there is a lack of respect between yep. both parties, and to me, that's where we're, we completely lost it. Yeah, yeah, that was... I was the biggest. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't go to sleep last night. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I'm embarrassed that uh, I'm now part of the media and we're being represented that way. I'm embarrassed as a 49er fan. I'm, I'm saddened that it got to this point. Yeah, no doubt. Rate, review, subscribe, Fall One Fivers podcast, wherever you find podcasts. Joe Shasky, Bonte Hill. And here we're going to discuss one of the 49er practice squad players, Alex Barrett. He's bounced around the league. He's known Chris Kosarek for quite some time, the defensive line coach. And he was uh, lucky and happy enough to join us here on the 415ers podcast. He is getting paid by the 49ers via cryptocurrency. But that wasn't the most interesting thing from the interview, although that's quite fascinating in itself. What I found most interesting is that he's been cut and released and signed by the 49ers so many times, he was sleeping in his vehicle in between getting released from the 49ers and when they picked him back up. It's the life of a practice squad player. It's really incredible. He also had some things to say about Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan. You got to hear it. Remember, 415ers podcast, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky. All right, joining us right now, professional football player, your San Francisco 49er defensive end, Alex Barrett. And the reason why we're having you on is because you've got kind of an interesting story. We'll get to football in a second, but I read an article where, Alex, you're getting paid in Bitcoin with BitWage. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency, all right? So I need you to break this down for me in layman's because when I hear all about this Bitcoin stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like it's a pyramid scheme and I'm hearing about Odell getting paid in Bitcoin and now you're getting paid in Bitcoin. How did this come to fruition? And explain this to some of the people like me who don't know anything about cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, so my journey started back in 2017 when I seen crypto, I mean, Bitcoin hit 20K. Okay. Over the years, I've been following it. And from what I understand um, about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that, you know, I, I put it as simple as possible. Um, you got your banks, you got your centralized finance, or financial institutions and all that stuff. Cryptocurrency is decentralized, and it's kind of like the world's money put in one place where we have full control over it, you know, not the government. And that's what I love about it. You know, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, I want control over my hard-earned money. And to me, you know, where, where we're at with technology now and, and, you know, moving forward into the future, it makes sense to me. You know, everything's going to be digitalized. You know, tech is taking over. It's just something that you can't stop, so why not hop on the wave? 
while we have the time to. So get me to the beginning of this. Like you're you're playing at San Diego State. You grew up in Arizona. You you end up going out with the Detroit Lions. They sign you as an undrafted free agent. I mean, you were getting paid traditionally, right? Before then. Oh yes, absolutely. Traditionally, USD. You know, direct deposits. You know, every week. Okay, and so how how did this cryptocurrency thing, you know, become a reality for you to, you know, have the 49ers basically pay your salary via crypto? How, how did that even begin? Did they approach you? Did you approach the team? Explain that one to me. So this has the, – the team isn't paying me, um, you know, in crypto. What What's going on is I partnered with BitPlage, who then receives my, my direct deposit, my payroll, huh. and then BitWage is the third party that pays me out. And Bitcoin. So that once 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 Bitwage receives my direct deposit, you know they then transfer Bitcoin into my you know cold wallet, which is like a ledger, or you know my wallet address, which is kind of like my bank account. Huh. You know, crypto world, um, they're just called wallets, and they're these big, you know, all these this code and numbers. You know, that's the my one of one wallet. You know, that is just direct deposit into me that I have you know access to. You know wherever I'm at. Okay, so uh, do you use this to go get your Starbucks drink in the morning? Like, uh, how how does this help you in your everyday life? I I, I easily could. I could um, just just from a you know app called Coinbase. I could you know huh. sell off some Bitcoin. It could go into you know my USD portfolio, and I, I have a I have a Coinbase debit card now, and I can just swipe it just like that, um, just for my Bitcoin. Um, so yes, I easily can use in everyday life. Right now, I'm currently just holding. I'm holding. I see the long-term effect of it. You know, I have enough cash flow and income coming in to where, you know, I'm not, you know, in a position where I need to, you know, use my Bitcoin. So right now, um, I'm currently just holding. All right. So what do the family think? Like, is your family all in on this? Do you got you got brothers or sisters or uncles or aunties? Like, nah, I'm not feeling this because, I mean, trust me, I got a lot of naysayers in my own family. What are they saying around you about the Bitcoin thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, it, it, this is me taking my steps for my family, you know, to learn and grow, you know, to, you know, if, if something didn't work out, you know, I, I did that. It was my choice. But for me, it's more so, you know, taking that step for them so, you know, I can educate myself, you know, and then I can give that to them and share that to them. And from there, they, they, they can decide what they want to do. You know, I talk to them and they've heard about it. They ask me questions and whatnot, but I, I don't want no one to get involved unless they you know, they've done their own research and, you know, and they believe in it themselves. Um, yeah. I love it. 49er defensive end Alex Barrett joining with us, joining us right now on the 415ers podcast. And we're just kind of breaking down how he's getting paid in Bitcoin uh, via his salary. So um, what are the risks and rewards of Bitcoin? We'll get to the team in a second. But, like, if you were just talking to one of your teammates in the locker rooms, I'm sure some of them have asked you about it. You know, uh, what are some of the risks and some of the rewards on why someone would want to sign up or not sign up um, to get paid this way? Um, I think some of the, the risks would be, you know, just the uncertainty. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with the market. You know, where we're at today, um, the market's down, you know, in all avenues, you know, stocks, crypto, you know, inflation's high right now. Um, so it's kind of just that uncertainty. You don't you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's, you know, going to drop all the way to zero and you lose, you know, all your assets. Um, but then the reward is, you know, it's inevitable. And like, it, it's going to continue to Cryptocurrency isn't going nowhere. Bitcoin's not going nowhere. Um, there's only a limited supply of Bitcoin um, at 21 million. So, you know, we're only going to see a rise. You know, more companies are coming in. You see news every day of another country, you know, 
going to start accepting Bitcoin and all this stuff. It, it's something that you cannot stop. It's just a movement. And I highly suggest everyone start educating themselves about it so you can hop on that movement, you know, and, and catch it while it's hot because, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to be wishing you did just like I did back in 2017 when I wish I got it earlier. Oh, I love it. I love it. Alex Barrett with us, 49er defensive end. I want to talk about your journey here because I love anybody who continues to um, chase their passion and their dream. And I'm just looking at your profile here and, you know, you, you obviously have had an uphill battle here trying to, to stick in the NFL, you know, playing with the Detroit Lions, the San Diego Fleet and the AAFL. Uh, now you end up with the San Francisco 49ers. What's that journey been like um, as someone trying to chase the dream and, and get to the NFL level? And obviously you've had an opportunity to play in real games and things like that. Um, it, it's got to be it's got to be difficult trying to make your way and, and show people to believe in you. Oh, yeah, it is very difficult. You know, I, I sit back and think about it all the time, how far I've come. But then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just proud. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't want to end it up if any other way. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to be a, a drafted guy who was paid out, you know, and stuff. I, I love that I earned everything, you know, that I have in front of me. And, you know, it makes that much it makes it that much more valuable when I have, like, everything I have right now and I'm able to like get paid out of Bitcoin, you know, I'm putting my heart and money and believing in something that I see, you know, in the long run. And, you know, just, just alone, like, like I was saying, the journey, man, it, it's a constant battle, but you know, th- there's, you got to find the joy in the process, man. And, you know, I'm grateful to be where I'm at. You know, so many people have it worse than me. Um, I was just blessed, you know, and I just want to continue to, you know, push and, you know, show everyone that, you know, anything is possible. Well, look, I'm not on your level, but I was working basically four different jobs, working nights, getting paid peanuts, chasing this radio dream. And eventually I got an opportunity and, and it's it's worked out for me, but it was a long, arduous journey where no one was around me. I mean, even my wife is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is like a waste of your time. You're not going anywhere. But I kept believing in myself. And so I have tremendous empathy and respect for the journey that you've been through. I'm just looking at the transaction logs and one of our buddies, he's a writer and he's like, dude, this guy has been released and signed by the 49ers so many different times you know what's that like do they come to you and say hey we got to release you this week but we're going to bring you back do you hang around in the area do you go back home I don't even know where home is like walk me through this journey of of being a practice squad guy and then getting elevated to the regular roster going back down getting released coming back to the team it's got to be difficult oh yeah it's very difficult I've kind of just lived you know through my car, really, um, that's kind of been my home and, you know, hotels. I mean, back in 2020, when I first got released during the, like a training camp or right before a training camp or off-season training, um, you know, they kind of just told me to stick around for the next 24 hours or see what happens. I ended up booking a room at an extended stay and, you know, just staying there overnight. Next day, I don't know what's going to happen. I get a call. I show up, you know. And then from there on out, I mean, it happened a number of of times, you know, they kind of give you a heads up, you know, we're going to bring you down for, you know, sometimes it's just business things and for roster positions or whatnot. And, you know, you're still going to be here, but this is what we got to do, blah, 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 this and that. But you really never know if that's wow. your last day. So um, I kind of, you kind of become comfortable with it, but at the same time, it's like, 
it's a heartbreaking thing because you don't know if it's like the end of your time there with the team or not, you know? No, totally. I mean, like I, when I got fired from a job, I remember sitting in my car like I, I don't even want to call my wife. Like, oh my God, she's going to kill me. You know what I mean? So you get yeah. you get released. You're telling me about this 2020. I mean, it's COVID, so that's uh, another layer to it. You're, you're in your car. Do you call your family and say, hey, I'm just going to like hang around and, and wait, what, wait to see what happens? Or like walk me through that, man. Like that's got to be difficult. Oh man, no, it is difficult. Um, that specific moment with you know when I stayed the next day stay or just like a hotel. Um, you know, I, I luckily I had my girlfriend by my side, Damn. but it's it's still I don't even think anybody can even understand what it feels like. Um, I mean, this is something I've done my whole life. You know, my dream is to continue to play in the NFL and make a name for myself, and you know, you know, prove the league that I, I belong here, and I know it. You know, and when you get released, you get that call. It's kind of like. It, it just, you know, poops on your parade. You know, you just, you, you don't know. You start doubting, the fear creeps in and all this stuff because you know where you belong. And, you know, that's what keeps me going, to be honest. You know, I remember those days. And, you know, it's just a constant reminder that, you know, I'm here for a reason. And uh, I, I made it, you know, going on my sixth year. I don't care if it's pretty or not, you know, for a reason. So. Hey, it, it, it don't matter. As long as you feel happy and your girlfriend's by your side, I mean, she's got to be a tremendous woman. I know I've got one in my, my corner that nobody ever sees on the on the, on the the front end when they're looking at me, but uh, but you got to have that support. I'll rat-a-tat-tat a couple of these, and I appreciate you sharing just some of these trials that you've gone through, man. You have an incredible story, and I'm, I mean this. I'm going to come see you at training camp and say what's up because uh, I, I respect the hustle, man. I really, truly do, and I respect the grind, and I know how hard it is to just prove yourself and have somebody believe in you. So let's write a tat tat these because I know your time is short. Um, Chris Kosarek, do you have a relationship with this guy? Is that kind of the connection between the Lions and the Niners? Like he's the defensive line coach. Uh, is is that is that the connection with the 49ers? Yeah, that absolutely is the connection. He was my guy um, out there in Detroit. Um, he he knows me as a player. You know, he believes in me. And that's why I love him. Um, he's given me the opportunity here. I mean, I remember when I was playing for the San Diego Fleet with the AAF. You know. The league shut down within, you know, the and on, on the eighth day of the ten game season, so they, they went bankrupt or whatnot. You know, I remember I started hitting up all old coaches. I sent them a big message. I'm like, I just finished up my season with the AAF in San Diego. Coach, checking my tape, blah blah blah, this and that. And you know, I never heard anything from him. And I was just like, oh dang, man, maybe he's busy. Maybe he doesn't, you know, all this stuff. Maybe he never got it. You know, maybe he changed his number. And you know, I. You know, Lord willing, I you know I signed with Oakland Raiders on April fifth, and then you know go to training camp with them. Ended up getting hurt, but later that year, November, you know, coach still remembered me. Coach still remembers my message, and when that when the opportunity came up, he called me. He brought me in. And that's where my journey started here with the Niners. That's incredible. I mean, I, I totally forgot about the AAF folding. Did they just stop making payments to guys? Like, how did that work? Oh man, they. I mean, after our eighth game, I remember we going on a Sunday for a team meeting, and you know, our head coach was just like, um, "Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're in a team meeting, and then someone on Twitter says, hey, like our league is over,' <laughs> and coach is like, huh, what are you talking about?' And then, I mean, he just shows everyone the message, and then we're all like, "What the heck?" Like, and then it, it it broke on Twitter before it broke anywhere else, before even head coaches knew about it. So from there, everyone was just, you know, packing their stuff, take off, you know, departure meetings. And then 
trying to figure out what the next step is, man. So it was kind of crazy. Damn, Alex, you got to write a book, bro. I'm being dead serious. This is an incredible journey that you're rolling through. All right, a couple quick ones, and then you can get on out of here. Alex Barrett, defensive end, 49ers. What an incredible journey. He's using Bitcoin um, as his method of payment from the 49ers. It's just absolutely incredible story. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. I mean, it's a pretty star-packed defensive line that you're working with every single day. How good can this guy Nick Bosa be? Bro, he's he's already good. He's already elite, man. And every year he's proving it day in and day out why he's the best in the league. Um, man, I, I you know, so much respect for my brother and you know, I've learned a lot from him. Um and yeah, man, he, he he's legendary. That's freaking awesome. All right, last one. Jimmy G, Trey Lance. I'm not going to ask you who's the guy in the center, but when you see all the people diluting, all of you talking about Twitter notifying you the league is shutting down for the AFL, when you see all these people that have no connection to the 49ers talking about, oh, Trey Lance isn't this, Trey Lance isn't that, do you guys roll your eyes internally on the team? Like, what are you guys thinking for your man Trey Lance? I feel like people are just hating on this dude right now during the offseason because there's nothing else to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. That's media. You know, they they love to find something. You know, they love clickbait. Um, so you kind of just block out the noise. I come to work, you know, I, I see what these guys put in. I see what Trey puts in. I see what he brings to the table. I believe in him fully, man. And that's, that's what it is because, you know, that's that respect through his work ethic that I see day in and day out that people don't, you know. So, you know, that, you know that's kind of all I have to say about that. Okay, cool, man. La- last one. Give me something about Kyle Shanahan that maybe the average fan or somebody in the media wouldn't know about him. Like, I know he loves Little Wayne, right? I know that's a big deal. He's always, like, he's dripped, right? You know, the hair has to look just right, the outfit, the hat. Everything's got to look sweet. So give me a little something-something that maybe you picked up on Kyle Shanahan that maybe the average person didn't. Honestly, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> um, yeah. My bad. I, I, I literally do not. You know, he, he he's our head coach. You know, I respect the shit out of the man, and, you know, I love what he's about. Um, So I I just know, I hope the city knows that they have a great man that, you know, leads this team. I love that. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, man. You're you're getting paid through Bitcoin, but you're using BitWage, right? So you're using BitWage. People are going to have to go out there and check it out. Um, What a a tremendous story. I'm going to come see you at training camp, man. Like, this is incredible. I'm pulling for you. You still rocking 64? Uh, no more 64s on 58 back in my college number. Let's go. I think the last guy to wear 58, we had Eli Harold rocking it. Elvis Doomerville was rocking it back in the day. You'll wear it well. I can feel it. Let's go. I appreciate you. Definitely. Alex, thanks for joining us, and you have a good one, man. All right, brother. You too. Thank you.